temptation his purpose for temptation or testing we see those two words used kind of interchangeably uh, in the word of God the testing really comes from God there is a testing of our faith that must be accomplished or our faith is kind of lifeless and there isn't much um, it won't be much help to us if it's not tested Uh, I know many times we we want to uh, get a passing grade with no test huh (laughs) you ever want to take a class like that you show up if you want to you don't show up but they pass you anyway of course they do that now in school a lot you know with the yeah they just sick of looking at those kids when they get so tall they want them out of there they just pass them on through but God values us more than that so a testing in, in God is a way to determine value of your faith the word one of the words for test is assay a-s-s-a-y when you assay something you weigh the contents of it you weigh the quality of the contents it's often spoken of when we talk about refining minerals like gold if something is assayed it's determined what components are there the amount of each uh, how much each contributes to the total weight of what we have there and so it's good to know that God uh, cares for us so much that he wants us to know the quality of our faith and the quality of our spiritual ability before we go forth in things I wish more people would understand this because I think people will will determine their uh, fit fitness for different endeavors in God based on number of years they're saved so if somebody's not saved a certain number of years we don't expect much out of them and uh, individuals will think if since I've been saved so long I should be doing this I should be doing that I should be here I should be there but really it's a matter of what your faith can handle the spiritual muscle and the spiritual weight that your faith can pull determines your um, uh, uh, position your calling your uh, your workload in the earth whether God gives you certain things to do depends on your spiritual condition and that spiritual condition must be known by us so the testing really is for us to understand where we stand spiritually speaking so God brings forth the test Satan then brings forth the temptation the test is for us to pass God has God is not setting us up for failure anything that confronts you in life it's not over your head it's not a deep thing it's not something that you won't be able to master but many people walk around walk away from the test situation because they feel overwhelmed with what they think is confronting them they feel that this thing is a mountain Uh, it's not going to go anywhere Uh, I can't do this this is too hard you know I I know when when we first began to teach on miracles and uh, uh, you know helping people to expect God to perform miracles in their lives and through their prayers and so forth and so on many people were uh, upset that they had to step out of that comfort zone of just coming in and sitting and hearing the word and so you mean you really expect us to do something you know kind of thing and so you start to hear the grumblings if I preach on divine health and healing people get mad you mean uh, I'm not supposed to go to the doctor I can't go to the doctor I can't take a pill I can't, I can't you know so it's it's like that your flesh kind of recoils at the thought of moving out of a zone that you're comfortable in and trying to see if you can master a higher level huh? don't we sing them songs another level and what we really want is either to walk on the same level or take a step down so we don't have to do so much Huh? 
Or we want a breakthrough. Well, you got to break that down. God's giving you everything that you need to break that. Don't be sitting there waiting for him to break anything up. For you are the breakthrough in your own life. And so when we talk about testing, everybody gets a little nervous. They want to shrink back and they want to... You know, say, oh, oh you know, well, uh, yeah, my, well, I, I, I don't want to get deep. I just want to live. No, you go live at the level God commands you to live at, because He's with you in all of these things. So the test really comes from God, because we have to know what our faith can do. If we're going to live by faith and walk by faith, we've got to know something about what we're doing. And it's this is more than a confession. Got me? That thing that we do trying to impress each other. Hello. Y'all know how we do. You get around the saints. Oh, blessed and highly favored, praise God, hallelujah. Sir. Blessed and highly favored, praise God, hallelujah. Hmm? <laughs> like a wind up doll. Blessed and highly blessed and highly favored, praise God, hallelujah. Blessed and highly favored, praise God, hallelujah. Huh? Many of us that's as much as we think faith is. Because when God puts us out there to see what we can do, we all mad at him. Well, how'd I get here? Must be something wrong. What did I do wrong? I didn't do nothing wrong. I mean you. Hmm? So the temptation then comes from Satan to see if he can defeat us in the trial. Now why is this important to sort this out? Because whenever we are tried, our faith is tried, it's tried in the arena of real life. This isn't a paper test. You know where you can memorize a few facts and get a passing grade and pass the course and then never have to think about it anymore. That's man's way of testing us and and proving what they say is competency. It doesn't have to be competency but they say it is which is a whole other story. But if, if we are in real situations in real life then there's a motivation for us to pass isn't there because then there's a goal there's a prize there's something there that's tangible and will be incorporated into our lives see the promise is just the hook that's what God uses to get us interested in going forward then the test comes to ensure in us that we know what it takes we've got to know what this whole thing is about we can't have a bunch of faith accidents and not understand anything about how faith works God moves through knowledge understanding and strength and that's what the testing of our faith will bring to us it will bring knowledge understanding and strength and so if we don't get those things that we go through life with a bunch of difficulty for naught we don't understand what it does on the inside of us we don't understand what it's supposed to impart on the inside of us so we go through a lot of difficulty in life to no avail and so if we understand what it is that God's doing when our faith is tested and we we understand what the enemy is trying to do then we will be able to come through these things as pure gold assayed as valuable weighing in the balance is as uh, valuable it's 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 we've had the deposit of God refined in us that deposit uh, has given us assurance we have an assurance now that the enemy won't under overtake us when I first started in ministry many of you know of situations that I was in it was seemed that I always had to confront the devil about something you know and I was I thought I was safely involved in women's ministry and you know all these nice ladies some of them older ladies with gray hair and little buns and real sweet talking and sometimes you get them up at the altar and they manifest and start foaming at the mouth and carrying on and I said oh my goodness you know <laughs> I thought I was in a nice place you know kind of thing but <laughs> but God taught me 
that even as a baby and this is something you got to remember when Jesus was born he was a threat to the devil you got me so whenever that anointing and the power of God comes into your life the it will draw the enemy to you to manifest but I can tell you God never let me down because he had taught me how to stay with the spirit and he had taught me how to walk in the spirit and he had taught me how to wait for him to tell me what to do before I jumped out and did something now trust me I had tried to jump out and do some things and found he wasn't there at times but when it came to that realm of authority that realm of ministry I always I always felt that that part of the work of, of God was sacred and holy and I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody in that that arena you know what I'm saying and I think that's very important for for people uh, believers ministers everybody to just appreciate how important it is to know that God is entrusting you another pure person's soul into your hands and this isn't a show and it's not about you and it's not about how important you sound or how many people you can gather around you this person has been led to you by God for the purpose of you uh, um, proving to God that you're trustworthy with this soul you know I, I don't get the the, and I know sometimes people mean well and so forth but I don't get the fleshy side of a lot of this stuff where people try to put on a big show when there's a flash and a dance and a uh, playing around with the power of God and, and a lot of nonsense being pronounced over people I don't I don't roll with that at all I don't understand how people can think that's ministry and and not really look at that individual who has such a need and sometimes it takes so much for people to come to the altar and humble themselves and all that and for us to get up there and then it's about us all of a sudden you know what I'm saying I think that's that's just wrong thinking I think people like that probably never get a valid ministry that has much power in it because they don't take enough of themselves out of it to let God really come through and help people and so when we when we talk Talk about the work of the ministry uh, that's what I'm I'm thinking and, and, and I've always had that that mindset you know when God called me I, I had come from a background of mental illness and and, uh, and and it was just so awesome to me that God thought I was capable of really doing something I thought wow help other people um, you know because I always saw myself up to that time saw myself as needing so much myself and and you know that's so consistent with with when God calls people how they view themselves you know look at Moses look at all the ones that he's ever called they just felt not ready but God was able to pull the readiness out of us through these situations and and they were testing situations they were situations for me to either trust God and move with the Holy Spirit or get in the flesh and get insulted or get you know very uh, uh, you know overly violent with people or trying to control them in the flesh that kind of thing and so it was good to see that God could train you and teach you how to stay with him in the spirit so you make it through and you see your faith works that's the main thing I think he wants to get us to get out of this is to see that our faith works it is the right quality to bring the right result when somebody comes up to you and they're tormented you know and their eyes start to roll or something like that and you can speak a word and lay hands on them and, and see them get up off that floor free do you understand what I'm saying that's really what God put us here for and so these situations but then there's the devil too who wants to get in there and start to kind of mess things up and so I found that if if I could control who's at the altar and what they do and what they say things worked a little bit better now you know being able to do that will cause you some enemies it'll shock you how many people will call you to do a meeting and and tell you that they want you to minister but they want to be on display as well you understand what I'm saying and so you have to 
you you have to really weigh these things. You have to look at what God's spoken to you, what he's telling you to do, what you feel called to do, and accomplish that. See, what you want to do, you want to accomplish the goal that God has you in this situation for. And I'm telling you, every situation almost in life can be a test situation. We are tested based on the decisions that we make. This is a decision making uh, situation where you make the right decision and you stay with God at all times. Or you, you choose to, to walk in the flesh or you choose not to go God's way and think you have a better idea. And so when it comes to making choices, uh, this is where the test always comes. It's easy if you've already made a one time decision. In all situations. I'm just going to obey God's spirit. I'm going to obey the word the best way I can. And I'm going to go through this. And I'm going to trust God through it. If you can make a one time decision. And not think that you can decide over and over and over again. Whether you're going to obey God. You'll pretty much make it through everything. But how many people really do that? How many people uh, don't take the liberty of thinking that they can make a different choice in different situations? Or you know that thing the devil comes, oh God understands. You know, uh, God understands. God understands. Well, he doesn't understand disobedience. And it's not really about his understanding. It's about our obedience in these situations. So we can keep in mind that God wants us to rely on him, stay with him, hold on to him, let him guide us and lead us through these test situations we won't fall into the temptation of the devil who is right there in the same time trying to see if he can get us to let go of God's hand and start following him into things so in James chapter 1 we see a familiar verse in verse 12 it said blessed is the man that endures temptation so this is not something you jump in and jump out of it's an endurance situation and that's really where many people fail they can't believe God wants them to go I just went through something I just got Satan get behind get thee behind me I rebuke thee with all that's in me and the rebuke don't work huh situation remains the same you can buke all you want to huh but the situation remains the same and so we know now if you're really in in Christ once you tell the enemy to move if that's him he'll move but pretty much he hovers back into the kind of like in the background waiting for an opportunity to get our attention so that he can draw us away from God who wants us to walk through with him where we have protection where we have wisdom where we have confidence where we have knowledge he'll give you all the tools you need to be successful in this and endure through the to the end and 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 enjoy it while you're in it you know he'll give you all the fruit of the spirit this doesn't have to be a a a dreadful thing you know uh, the bible says he knows how to deliver the righteous out of trouble out of temptation he knows how to do that but the thing of it is there's a certain thing that your faith has to be able to accomplish for it to be the god kind of faith it's got to it's you got to let it be proven that your faith can do these things if it's a god kind of faith that thing will have to be proven and so and and there's no way out of it because the minute the enemy finds out you've got something he he'll be the first one to try to provoke you to to pull it out you know get your gun out on him you know ahead of time and so we we have to really understand God's purpose in these things and so he says endure temptation for when he is tried he'll receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him now that's talking about the the you know in the the uh, last days of course we have to endure uh, temptation throughout our lives but there is a crowning that comes at the end of each test there's a crowning that comes at the end of each test because you're you're being weighed to see what's on the inside of you you're being assayed in other words is it gold is it brass is it wood hay and stubble what's in there 
And so you might have some wood, hay, and stubble in there, but let that refining fire burn it away. You might be tempted beyond measure to quit. You might be tempted to to walk off away from everything, you know, and and uh, you know, and you see people do it all the time. Yeah, I'm shocked at, you know, the. Um, <coughs> Pastors, pastors, wives, leaders, ministers, you know, they used to always suspect the evangelist because he traveled all the time. You know what I'm saying? Who's watching him? But, you know, people everywhere tempted. You understand what I'm saying? He looked like he, he looked funny tonight. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> or the worship leader, you know, they get it too. But it's, it's you know, it's leaders who are positioned and stable, you know. And, uh, you know, I guess they think if you show up every Sunday and the sheep watch you every Sunday, you ain't doing nothing or whatever. But, you know, it's it's amazing the people who are, are not passing the test simple tests you know these are what we used to consider the cornerstones of christianity you know you don't commit adultery you don't steal you don't lie you don't fornicate you don't do any of that stuff and you're certainly not homosexual but now we see all kinds of people in leadership falling and failing these simple tests of morality they're simple morality tests. And I think it's because people really don't understand how to hold on to God through the test. They want the test to be a quiz. Huh? You know that little quiz and then you find out, uh, they, they, you know, you go in and it's, a, what is that? Some of them would have a quiz, a buzzer quiz, a, ten, a pop quiz at the beginning of the period. And you go in late because you know what is going And then you find out what percentage of the grade is that. Mm, I can skip that one. You figure out, as I did this, at the beginning of the semester you finish how many you can skip and still get your B. I didn't. I didn't take C's. I had to have a B or A. So you know what I'm saying. Or you look for extra credit. Now I was a queen of extra credit. Huh? I skip all that little preliminary stuff. But God don't roll like that. You're going to have to pass the test that he puts before you. And it is a test of endurance. It's not a pop quiz. And it's not a certain percentage of your grade. It's the whole enchilada. Every time God tests us, it's for the whole bundle. It's for everything is at stake based on what, because this is real life. This is real life. We have to pass. Sometimes we think certain things aren't important because that's not what's on our prayer list. That we want to, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, For instance, you know, well, I'm looking for a promotion in my job and, you know, how I talk to, you know, people in the church isn't that important. Well, it's very important. It's all important. And so these are tests of endurance to see if we can smile from our hearts instead of just from our faces all the time see what i'm saying and so when god wants us he wants to dig deep so that we can find out what's in there the enemy helps this because he will expose what's in there see you need both of them because if you just hold it on to god's hand all the time and satan's not there to tempt you to push away from god then these things that are inside don't really get revealed your flesh gets revealed because your flesh responds to these things you'll find out what's really in you i was always vigilant in our conferences you know we try and and direct people to the altar for the prayer that they want but there's always somebody thinks they sent to the meeting to pray for everybody you know and uh you know if you interrupt them and tell them you know let this person come up here or you know the altar calls over we don't allow people just to prophesy to everybody and you know this is you'll find the most horrendous angry evil spirits buried inside of these people because they've never been corrected 
Nobody's ever told them you don't go to some person's meeting and hijack the people that came. Sometimes people who come are are not strong enough to resist people. But I've seen people pick up words that they thought were from God from somebody who wasn't of God. They didn't know it wasn't God. And then they go off believing that and make tremendous errors in their lives based on something that never should have happened. And the leadership needs to stop that. That is not the job of the sheep standing around and all that kind of stuff because sometimes people just don't know. They don't know that that's not acceptable behavior. You know, if you're you're receiving from somebody, you want to make sure that person's anointed by God to do what they're doing. This person sitting next to you, you don't know where they came from. You don't know how they live. You don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what their motives are. And so you will find sometimes in these situations the the worst motives uh, you know become exposed in situations like this because people don't even know what's in themselves themselves. Many times people have a good idea. They think they want to help people, but they resist discipline. They resist training. They resist teaching. They resist impartation. They resist launching. Everything the legitimate people go through, they resist it. And so then that disqualifies them as far as being able uh, to be able to work that way. But it never fails. You'll find the angriest. You'll see, and I always liken it to remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar when the Hebrew boy said that, you know, we're not going to do this. And they said his countenance and his visage changed noticeably when he was told he couldn't do something. And so we have to be careful about those things because the enemy always has things on the inside side of us that will not get exposed if we don't get into these situations you get in a situation where God restricts you and he tells you just stay in the place I've called you to I don't want you going over here doing this I don't want you go over there doing that just stay in this place and you'll find out what's on the inside of you you'll find out because the enemy will keep pushing you oh you know you should be doing this by now well you know these people they don't let you do anything they say they're a school of the prophets but they don't let you you understand what I'm saying and so we have to be careful when we uh, get in these situations that we understand that the enemy will come to us to pressure us to disconnect from God to disconnect from God's people to disconnect from the strength of God to disconnect from the feeding and the power of God and step out prematurely so that what we leave behind us is a trail of not good fruit but a trail of mistakes a trail of of tragedy and a trail of of lack of empowerment i'm happy to let anybody minister that god wants to minister but as as all of us we're called as believers to minister what about your household what about your people at your job what about your people you understand what i'm saying these people must be taken care of and, and taken care of by god when i step out of here i'm i'm nobody but barb in the supermarket you understand what i'm saying and if god leads me to minister to somebody i'm ministering as a minister but that's not what they know me as i'm just an ordinary person there and function as a believer with a heart that's that's uh, softened to the needs of human beings and anointed by God to do something about it and so I think as believers we need to prove ourselves in that realm uh, 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 D.L. Moody who supported churches had huge congregations uh, built under his authority called himself the uh, what did he say the the greatest layman he always referred to himself as a layman if he could do that as a lay person think what we could do as well you understand what i'm saying we must understand that this is a temptation of the enemy to get us hung up on titles get us hung up on uh where we stand are you standing next to somebody you know 
praying for them or are you in a pulpit and that's where you think you're supposed to be but that's not this is a small percentage of what true ministry is I was looking at uh, uh, some friends on Facebook and they put up some tents I don't know if it's at their church or what but they found a parking lot and they've had tents up all summer inviting people for prayer and it started out prayer the ministers would pray and and then the the gentleman who's in charge said you know God started telling me have the people pray and I thought wow that's wonderful because we were saying this was the year of the believer and so he said and as he now this is the, the, the gimme here as he allowed believers to pray the miracles increase the power increase everything's increasing you got me because he's doing what what the bible says to do don't think that the book of acts is all about the apostles and the people say acts of the apostles no it's acts of god and through believers you got me because many of the believers were were out in the streets doing what God called them to do so this is a great temptation for people and I think it's a temptation because we have so many wounded people in the earth wounded people in the body of Christ wounded people who think that what's going to make them happy is if they get popular or if they get if they blow up as they say you know and if they get here and get there they they think that's going to make them feel worthwhile but the emptiness that you feel will not go away until God does something with it and you got to let him have that in order for that to be taken care of and what will happen is that you will be an empty person leading other people into more emptiness just like what you have and so God wants us to to know that we're whole and wants us to know that we're entire and so that's part of what the testing is all about he says here verse 13 let no man say when he is tempted I am tempted of God you're tested and you're tried by God but you are tempted amen by the evil ones he says for God cannot be tempted with evil neither does he tempt any man with evil but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed so there you get the picture of God's causing you to stand and work for him and believe him and continue to to love him and serve him etc and the enemy picking at you about it and trust me this stuff works I've known many people started out hot and on fire for God and and pretty soon got worn down by the enemy's constant thoughts because they don't know how to fight that first level of warfare and that's in your own soul you've got to renew your mind in the word of God you can't be it's, it's similar to like say for instance if there's a, a, a war that we get involved in you know when you're in a war the battle lines are drawn you know you stay in your camp the enemy stays in his camp why do you do that number one for protection number two for strength number three for impartation you know you get imparted to you that spirit of the body of the people that you are with and that you're fighting with but suppose you had to live in common quarters with the enemy well that's what we you got me now you can keep an atmosphere around you that is is uh, conducive to building your faith but you got to fight for that atmosphere see when you get involved in situations the enemy's quick to come and tell you that you're here because you did something wrong you're here because you know and that's easy to take care of God I'm sorry cleanse me from all unrighteousness and you're right you understand what I'm saying and so when we get in these situations we let the enemy linger way too long tell us way too much start incorporating that into our thinking and it's the same thing as if the the marines live with al-qaeda all day long and then you got up and you tried to fight them you understand you wouldn't know who to fight how where to stand where your battle lines are or how how to defend yourself you don't know any there's nothing but confusion and god's not the author of that 
And so God puts us in situations that force us to make a decision to stay with him. You're forced to make a decision to believe the word. You're forced to make a decision to cling to God. You're forced to make a decision to stand on the word no matter what that enemy tells you is going on. When you have symptoms in your body, what do you believe? Now we can all confess a good word when we're feeling good. But then when something of pain hits you. What's that? Where did it come from? Me? What did I do wrong? I must have opened it weird. I opened the door. The door stays open, okay? You sit in front of that television, that's an open door. You you read your mail that comes in, that's an open door. You listen to somebody else talking about their exit, that's an open door. Come on now. But in all of that, you can still renounce that that you hear and receive the word of God and take that word of God with you. I was I was thinking the other day, I said, God, ever since I've turned, you know, I turned 60 and but that's been a while back. I won't add. I won't own up to anymore. But uh, for the sake of those who are looking on, but uh, <laughs> I felt that. I she But um, anywho, I I was I you know I kind of I kind of inspect myself a little bit too much. And so the Lord said, well, you just kind of have to trust me. He said, how about this scripture? As my day, so shall my strength be. I said, I like that. I'll take that one. I'll take that's my new thing I stand on. Huh? You know. And so what we have to we have to receive what we need from God, folks. You can't just stand there and let the devil tell you anything and let that be the last word. You understand me? This is what we do. We let his words see what 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 was last deposited if it's not answered, you give you empower it to linger and hover and continue to follow you. Huh? You give it permission. You have to answer these things back. If you don't answer them back, then they have permitted that then the enemy has the last word. And we say, Oh, God has the last word. Well then you say it. Huh? You have to confess what you desire. You just can't say, Well, God's got the last word. I see people go in the into the hospital. Well, the doctors say I have so and so, but God's got the last word. Well, come on now. Yeah, you you got to believe him specifically for something. The last word is Proverbs 4.20. you got to take the medicine of the word. Where's your medicine that you're taking if you believe God? You understand me? And so there is an answer that must be given. The Bible says when Jesus cursed the fig tree and he went by... Now he went to went up to the tree and saw there was no figs on it, and the Bible said he answered. That tree spoke to him. What the tree said, I ain't giving you no fruit. And he answered and said, I curse you for not giving me no fruit. You got me? There must be an answer to everything that's spoken down here on the earth. And so when the enemy tells you you did something wrong. I said, guess what, devil? I'm going to do something right. In the name of Jesus, I renounce my sin, sickness. Amen. Father, whatever it is that's standing between me and you, I confess it. I ask your forgiveness. And I am free. And I go forth. And I receive what you have for me. Because of why I acknowledge what you did for me. You have to acknowledge what Jesus has done. You don't get anything without that acknowledgement. And so when we do that, we we assume his righteousness. Who can stand against him? Nobody can. And so once you once you embrace all of that and take that with you, then that begins to be your protection against the tempter who wants to sift you like wheat. Have you ever thought about that? You ever see what what uh, say like if you have a food mill or uh, uh, <laughs> y'all ain't even 
<laughs> y'all, y'all ain't even cooked some type of food meal. You know what that is? All right. Well, that's good. You seen them on television. <laughs> You, you put your you put your uh, your course materials in there, and then the, there's a lever, and you turn it, and it grinds it through them little holes. That's what the devil wants to do to all of us: to grind you through little holes, make mincemeat out of you. And he does it to people. I've seen him take people down so far they they get into deception and they almost die deceived. You know, it's a good thing that they have places where God can touch people and and minister to them in their midnight hour. You understand me? Uh, Jesus said, but I prayed for you already. Your faith won't fail. Your faith won't fail. Some people need to get out of the spotlight so God can deal with them so their faith won't fail. What keeps your faith failing is the atmosphere that you create around you. You know, when the the woman with the sons that were going to go to jail, you know, she ran into the man of God. He said, get that oil in there in your sons with you and close the door. Quit running the streets and talking about how bad things are, listening to your neighbors. And you understand what I'm saying? Get behind a closed door between you and God with your miracle so your miracle can develop. Cut all this nonsense. Cut this nonsense stuff off. Cut off the Christian television. Man, there's so many crazy people on there selling this and selling that and taking your faith away from you trying to believe God for healing. Uh, Christian health hour and they sell you all this medicine and stuff. Well, you got to be discerning, folks. I mean, it's everywhere. Sometimes the problem ain't so much the world, it's the worldly stuff in the believers. So he talks about in in James in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy then when you fall into these trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. This is the God side of what's going on. It works patience. Patience has a work to do in us to perfect us and mature us. So that we won't be having a fit and being upset when it takes more than two days for a prayer to be answered. Got me? You know, it's true. Where's my stuff? They even got a website. Where's my stuff? I done been on there. Yeah, where's my stuff dot com. Yeah. It's for impatient people when you order something they ain't getting there sooner. Where's my stuff? Uh. <laughs> it gets a lot of traffic too, I'm sure. Well, but I said, now that's for believers <laughs> who don't read James James chapter one. <laughs> He says you can count it all joy if you know something. If you know something. Said knowing this. See that's why it's good to, to stay under the word, under authority and all that when you go through difficulty. You know, just stay under under the authority of somebody who will tell you God's going to do it. Just if you pray and you're in faith, just continue to serve God and wait it out. It's going to happen for you. You don't need anybody who wants to, you know, inspect your coat and look under your ears and all that stuff, see and find any fleas on you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He knows how to hip you to what ain't right. He said, let patience have, and usually what's not right will get worked out as long as you endure. You understand what I'm saying? You'll be a whole different breed of amino when you come out of that. He says, if it, he said, you'll be whole, entire, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. And you'll know that you lack nothing. See, it's one thing to lack nothing. When you come through this trial, you'll know that you're whole, entire, lacking nothing. You have a new confidence in yourself. You know you've been weighed and you've come out as pure gold. You know what your faith can do. You can look back and see what you've accomplished with it. It's, it's a glorious position to be in because you're, you're not standing on the sidelines anymore wondering. You've walked through this thing with God. You've had encounters and you understand what your faith will do you know what your faith will do see being in a place of knowing is very different from being in a place of faith and expecting 
In faith and expecting, you can stay there almost forever. You're always going to be believing God for something. But when you come through these test situations, you know what's in there. You know what your faith can do. You look and you see accomplishment of what your faith has done for you. And you've held on to God through it. You know, you just say, praise God, I made it through. Sometimes you, you even, sometimes will forget to think about that you've been in a test because it's so it, it's just such a, a common part of your life anymore just holding on to God and not being moved by what you see not being moved by what you go through if you get moved you go back to where you were got moved from and then you keep going through again because God is with you and he will never leave you he says if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of who not your neighbor not your friend not your little carnal buddies that you run to all the time when things aren't going right and you need somebody to gossip with not any of them people but ask of God and he will give it to you liberally and won't won't uh, scold you for asking. See, he won't. He never gets tired of us asking for wisdom, huh? And it'll be given him. But ask in faith, folks. Don't go to God saying, "I bet you don't know. Bet you can't tell me what this is. Bet you can't tell. Bet you don't know. Don't don't play him like that. And go to him in faith. You know. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all know what we do. Hmm? We want it, but we don't want it. Huh? We want wisdom, but we're scared it's going to tell us to do something we can't do. Well, if that were true, God would never have put you in this situation. He didn't put you in here to fail. See, you have at your disposal and access everything you need to come out victorious and triumphant. There is no failure in God. What people do is they walk away from it. See, if you, that's why, and, and God is so smart in his economy and his kingdom. If you walk away from a situation, if there's a, a uh, something do you, he'll give it to somebody else in the kingdom. He'll give another one of his kids. He'll give it to a faithful kid. You know what it say about the talents? Said that, that one, this one went and buried it. See, that's because the heat got to be too much. Oh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't give God my whole Saturday. You know how we do. Pinch a little back here, a little bit back there. Pretty soon there's, you know, I remember, who was it? Somebody I knew used to, when we were kids, one of us used to steal, probably me, used to, <laughs> you know, mom would bake a cake or something like that, leave it on the table to cool. You go by, take a little piece here, and pretty soon ain't nothing left <laughs> for nobody else. And that's sometimes what we do with our time and resources and gifts and all that we got. We always want to hold something back just for us. Just in case we can't trust God. And see the same people you do you really trust God? Oh I trust oh yes, I love the Lord. I trust the Lord. You know, they just go off in a you know a Hebrew trance. <laughs> oh, you, you know, and and you know, you can't, you can't let yourself get caught up in trying to convince you. This is something you walk through. That that you can't convince yourself you trust God, and He don't believe you trust Him either. But we will find out, won't we? We find out in the crucible, <laughs> in the testing of your faith, and God's purpose is to bring you out assured not torn to shreds and smelling like smoke and you know all of that stuff sometimes Benny Benny Hinn will pull the mic away from people you know he sees they're in that you know the time they had to wait in that line to get up there on stage a lot of little thoughts that went through their heads and some of them will get up there and want to tell them how long they suffered and how hard it was he said oh but the lord has healed you hallelujah and touch him and get out of here and let's not kill let's not kill everybody else's healing in here you understand and so, <laughs> that's smelling like smoke that's right see you you only remember the bad parts you got to remember God brought you out. That's got to be the biggest. That's your testimony. 
Yes, your testimony. Your testimony is not how bad it was. I mean, it's bad enough. And we, we've all got imagination. We can pretty much guess at how bad it was. But, but you've got to glorify God in this thing. He brought you out. And that's all that's important is he brought you out. Amen. <laughs> My late husband's boss, he had a boss, uh, you know, uh, they, they he worked for a company that made you know lift equipment and trucks and stuff like that and they were all kind of like old factory guys you know I started out sweeping floors you know and he's a vice president with a private jet and stuff like that you know so you know this guy knew, knew something and they get in staff meetings and you know my husband said oh I learned first first week not to complain don't tell him he said and so this this guy would tell him if they somebody got to whining about well, I didn't make it a deadline, and the very ah, don't tell me about the labor pain. Just show me the baby, you know. <laughs> Of course, he wouldn't have the nerve to say that to his wife, but you know that's that's the way it is. You know, we we want to hear the end result that glorifies God. You know, and so when we come through, we'll come through with the right testimony. See, because God will show you what you went through, how you got through, how because you'll see it in real time. It'll be played out right before your very eyes. You'll see where you almost lost everything, but God. You'll see where sickness tried to overtake you and your whole family, but God. You'll see where all these things tried to come upon you, but God. And so this is the whole thing. It's the but God part of it that you want to remember and you want to tell. Because that's the part that's going to help you in the future. So when he says we'll be whole, entire, lacking nothing, that's that's wonderful. But, but you've got to... to to ask in faith and, and ask God for what you need or the devil will begin to sift you. You'll be tossed to and fro. He says, you know, somebody who wavers is like somebody, a sea toss, driven on the sea. Just from one side of the boat to the other one. You know, most most of our boats now have, uh, you know, motors where we can plow through the water. But if you've ever been out on a boat and people said, oh, let's just sit here and enjoy things, you know, we'll fish or something like that. And that thing gets to going back and forth, man, you're in for a rough time if you don't know how to handle that. And so he says, if you think you're going to receive anything from the Lord, you're mistaken. If one minute you're going to do this, in the next minute you get a better idea, you're going to do that, that's wavering. You've got to find out what God wants you to do. Stay with that no matter where it takes you, no matter what it means. See, this this is where the, the people who know how to renew their minds and stay with the word of God and discipline themselves to do that every day are separated from the ones who just are carnal in their thinking and an idea pops up and they're going to do that another pops up and they're going to do that and when you're anxious about your situation you can get 15 different ideas in five minutes and they'll all sound good to you and you want to do them you know you say okay well God told me to do this and you come back five minutes well no I think he told me to do this well that wasn't right you know uh uh-uh that's not God God has one instruction for you to do and he doesn't waver so if the wavering the wavering is on you and the Bible says if you're double minded you're unstable in all your ways Everything you do is going to have that wavering effect in it. You won't get the result of God. You won't get the power of God. You won't get the presence of God. You won't have the endurance of God. Think about it. What Jesus had to endure. You know sometimes we we uh, look at the days that we have our meetings you know and our meetings are usually four hours long you know on Sunday it's a little bit shorter but that's pretty much the average because we got to pray and we've got to get fed the word we've got lots to do that's why we have a little break I'm not against I'm not so much of a, a prayer Nazi I won't let you have a bathroom break and have a you know a little bagel or something like that you know I'm a loving prayer Nazi but <laughs> but we got work to do for God you can't get it done in, in an hour and a half or an hour whatever people are doing these days but 
But you know we when we uh, set ourselves to do the things of God, we have to make sure that we we stay in there until we get what God wants done. And that begins to be a challenge for people. You know, it challenges you to stay with what God has called you to do. And it's easy to let your mind wander and walk away from that and say it's not worth it. It you know, that's not where I want to go. I thought we were going to do this and do that and so forth. And, and But if you can keep your mind from wavering past what it is that God wants you to do at this moment, you'll be able to stay with it and, and discipline yourself uh, to be able to stay with the work of God for, for more than a couple of hours or so. Or, you know, I think sometimes leaders worry too much about what people think about the amount of time or, or certain situations and so forth. And so we have to stay in there and not waver and, and, and let, let God do what he needs to do. Somebody's got to do this work. Somebody's got to do it. And, and I think the sacrifice, look at what a long day Jesus had to save us. What he had to endure to bring all of this to us and give us this life. So what we do, I mean, your little four hours on Saturday and, you know, a few hours on Sunday is nothing compared. He had talk about a long day, honey. Friday was a long day for him. And he had many long days. But he saw that it was worth it. And so when God has you to do something, you've got to make up your mind, it's worth it. God, I don't care what how long it takes, what we have to do. It's worth it because it's for you and it's in you. And so when we see that, that God wants to bring us out and bring us through, he goes through these things with us. God's spirit is always there with us to help us, to keep us uh, from falling apart in these situations. You can talk to him and tell him anything. He knows you're tired. All flesh gets tired. But he wants you to see the end result. He wants so much for us to make it through to the end so that we can get the end result of our faith. You know. So we need to understand that God is never on trial. We, and you know, people say things like, try God. You don't try him. God knows what he is, who he is, and what he can do. So he's not. He's not going through anything. We're going through it because we need to see we can trust him. Think about some of the people that we've heard now that mass communication is so uh, so available. Uh, some of the people that we've heard about recently that have been tried and still being tried. Uh, the young woman who was uh, um, uh, being held, where was she at? In Syria or someplace like that? Miriam Abraham, where was, where was she at? I forget where she was. In the Sudan, right. Uh, she was told she had to renounce Christianity or die. They sentenced her to death. And she had a baby. Well, they sentenced a pregnant woman to death. See, when we tell you the devil has no mercy, that's an example of it. He can get so into people they could care less. Kill you and your baby too. You understand me? And so there are places in the earth now where Christians are being tested to the limit. And But she stayed with God. She just refuses it. I don't even have to think about that. I, don't, I told you I'm not a Muslim. I'm not going there anymore. In their face she told them. A woman who they consider to be less than human. And they had to let her go because God said to let her. She pleased God. She has this testimony that she pleased God. And that's all you need to do is please God. Have that testimony. And you'll get your deliverance. You'll get to where you need to go. So um, some of the words I found kind of interesting for testing and temptation. Uh, One of the Greek words really means to test, to prove, or try. And then another definition of it is adventure. (laughs) So this will be the adventure of your lifetime. (laughs) The word that they use when they, uh, it's a different word for tempting the Lord. So it has kind of a a different non-permissive element about it. It means to hem in, surround or protect 
or defend which means that you've got him God hemmed in when you try to get to see if God's going to do something and that kind of you're testing him you're seeing and you're challenging him you actually shackle God so that he can't help you so your attitude in your test has to be right you've got to understand who's on trial here who's being tempted you don't tempt God you don't get him to prove who he is when you do that you bind his hands you know you've heard people sinners especially will say things like well if your God is real tell him to to let me win the lottery well you know he's not going to do it you know but if that lottery money came they'd be glad to spend it but they would never give God any glory for it you understand so it's a a really a a very carnal and pagan way disrespectful way of looking at God to, to get him to prove something to you he doesn't have to prove anything to you uh, you prove who you are and you'll receive the promises of God the um uh, one of the words really in Matthew 4 where it talks about Jesus was led to the the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That word means to scrutinize. So when you're in your trial, God's trying you, he's scrutinizing you. You know, there's a little laser going through your soul. What's in there? You know, so you're being uh, examined. Like, say, for instance, in a test situation, you're being examined, and the other word is discipline. So the test really is a discipline for us to get us to stay with God in unfavorable conditions. You're going to serve him with the same joy or you're going to grumble your way through and barely make it out. Be glad you got out and then tell everybody you're not going to do it again. You see. And so you're being scrutinized and you're being disciplined to stay full of the fruit of the spirit. To stay full of joy. To stay full of uh, patience and all of the other things that are necessary when you go through testing. The other thing is that your your uh, pride is being your your soul is being afflicted, and pride is being diminished in you, so that your reputation, all of these things are are on the line when you're attested by God. He doesn't care how you look to people as long as you serve Him. You understand that people are not important in this. What's important is what goes on between you and God. That word also means to prove. You get a chance to prove what you really believe. What you say you believe. You get proof of the contents of what's in your heart. Your soul is secondary if you allow it to be. A renewed mind will always let the intent of the heart come through. So if your mind is not renewed to accept what you're going through, accept a good outcome, trust God through it, and you balk and you squirm and you do all of these things, then the the <clears throat> then you won't give proof of of your love and devotion to God. What God wants to see is if you really do love Him, huh? If you really do love Him, there's a proof for everybody for their love of God can you go through this with confidence in me and trust me and still go to church regularly still work for God regularly still go early and set up the meeting still go are you, you can you do that with joy or are you going to crab about it wish you didn't have to do it I should be higher than this by now and you know I cook bagels this morning so that's as high as I get when I first come in. You understand what I'm saying? You, you you gotta understand God has a test for all of us. See? He does. Preachers get tested all the time. I don't know where these preachers on television get they I don't know I don't under, I can't relate to them people. You understand what I'm saying? I say, Entourage what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> come on, folks. <laughs> Jesus didn't have no entourage. The disciples, half of them, was trying to get his spot. The treasure was stealing the money. Huh? Sold him out. Talking about him behind his back all the time. Back in the church talking with the Pharisees and all that kind of nonsense. Come on now. Entourage days, I don't know where that comes from. But God, huh? So God's purpose 
is to give proof of the contents of our hearts. Mm-hmm. It gives us confidence to obey him and experience victory. Once you, This is what the enemy wants to keep us from doing. The end of this is that you, for yourself, through your prayers and your faith and your stand. See there are some things that you'll get benefit of in a corporate way. For instance, when we pray corporately, we know we stood for certain things. When we see changes happen and answers, it's a corporate thing. But then there's an individual. You know, you can't slide on the corporate all the time. You've got to have individual faith where you're standing for certain things and you know that you know that you know that if you let go, the whole thing's going to fall apart. And so when he, when he can bring us through that and you experience that victory, then once you taste, it's like, like you know somebody that an animal that tastes blood for the first time and they like it after you taste victory for the first time you're like a bloodhound and you crave more and so you don't settle for less so the enemy comes in as the tempter to get you to let go of God in the test and take his quick fast and dirty way out so that you never taste victory in these things you see I see people that come in, they want to be ministers, they have a gift, they have good things going for them. And because they have to stay humble longer than they think they have to, they take a fast way out and wind up with fictitious things going on. Made up ministry never gets to be fruitful the way it's supposed to. Well, if if it were an easy way, God would let you take it. But his way is the right way all the time. You can't shortcut God's way of doing things in your life. You've got to endure. And then when you've endured enough, you endure some more. You go into another trial, another test. You understand what I'm saying? And you, you get to understand that there's this part of your life that's always desiring something from God. There's this part of your life where everything's not just like you want it to be. But you're working on it and God's with you in it and you're content and you don't want to disturb it because the end of that will be a greater thing than you ever thought you could have. Amen. Why don't we stop. Father we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to hear your word, to understand your word Father. We know that that this is not the cush life. This is not the uh, escorted life. This is not the entourage life. But this is the life of Christ which is noble and pure and good and holy it's worth living because we do it in you and so we thank you for that father and we bless you in jesus name amen if anybody wants prayer come on up